0: Father God, uh, as we have uh, lifted our hearts in worship and sacrifice already this morning, we pray uh, that you would impart your heart to us indeed, that you would reveal your heart to us and equip us uh, for what is to come this week. I pray, Lord, that you would raise us up as blue water travelers, as kingdom ministers, as salt and light uh, in a world uh, that needs people of change and people of faith. We are your people, Lord. Uh, Make us who we should be. Mature us in the things in which we must be mature. Uh, make us uh, wise and strong in the ways of the kingdom and immature in the ways of evil. In Christ's name we pray. Everybody says. Uh, so uh, the church retreat usually marks the end of a season and so uh, we are uh, ending the se- sermon series that we were on previous to the retreat and starting uh, a new one. Um, uh, here's the title of the sermon series, How to Get God to Help You. Anybody interested in that topic? Anyone? How you get God to help you. I mean, it's kind of a basic thing, right? Uh, and as I was thinking about it and praying through what to talk about <clears throat> for the next number of weeks, I thought, well, I mean, this is, this is, a, this is an issue that everybody has in life, but that, you know, a few people talk about and address directly. How many of you sometimes just need God's help in desperate situations in life, you know? How many of you have needed that three or four times this morning just to get to, to, get to church, you know? Oh, God, help is like the most basic prayer uh, that there is. And in human lives, it very often precedes the prayer, God, do you exist? A lot of us uh, begin our search for God, our search for faith with the cry of help, right? You need help from God so badly that it kind of drives you uh, to seek out, to search whether or not there even is a God to help you. And when you find that God answers back, or God provides some assistance or some instruction that gets you forward, then you begin to grapple uh, with his existence and everything that it means. I just think it's a very basic question. What do you do when you really need God to intervene in your life and help you? What do you do? You, you pray. Anything else? Worship, you fast, cry, Cry. (laughs) Uh uh-huh, obey, Obey. Uh. how many of you complain? All right, I'm just, because that's my go-to, I was just wondering. Um, And uh, so you pray and you fast, you obey, Uh, does that work for you? Does that get God to help you? Yes or no? Yes? No? It's a mix. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a mix, isn't it? I mean, sometimes it seems to work and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not making the theological statements here. I'm making life statements right? I mean, those of us who have been walking with God uh, for a long time, we cry out to God, and sometimes it's like, wow, that worked, and sometimes it's like, all right, there is a God, right? I mean, like, he's not asleep, right? We have, how many of you have had both of those experiences? How many of you have had both of those experiences this week? Yeah, that seems to be the pattern of life. You ever really need something from God? I mean, like, really, really need it, And if you have, then this question pops into your your mind. Well, how do I get it then? Like, is there something that I have to do uh, that helps ensure that I get what I feel like I really, really need? You know, some way to get God to be uh, extra responsive, right? Because it seems that oftentimes He doesn't come through for you in the way that you would wish. And we can do any number of sermons or sing any number of worship songs on how much God loves us or how generous God is, but sometimes you beg for help and you don't see it. Um, and so how can, how can that process go better uh, for us? That's a very human question when you feel disappointed that god doesn't come through for you you know there's a couple immediate temptations even if you're a person of faith and you want to hang on to your faith one of those temptations is to become fatalistic well you know as god wills uh if you're a muslim inshallah you know it's a saying it's like well you know it's it's the will of god and we part we start putting in front of our prayers god if it be thy will please get me out of this mess or, you know, oh God, if it be that will, your, thy will, please you know heal this person that I love very much. Or, or something like that. And there's a little bit of fatalism in there. It's like you are allowed to ask something as long as God is into it. But if he's not into it, eh, what can you do? And that can be sort of a go-to place for our heart. Does that seem accurate to you? Does that seem right? Does that seem like a good go-to? It's like, well, the will of God, you know? I don't know, maybe you could, you could have theological discussions about that, but I'll tell you right now, it doesn't comfort me. Right? it doesn't comfort me when I really, really need something. Oh, it's not your will to help me here? Well, let me change your mind uh, because obviously, God, you need to see things more clearly. Um, obviously, um, you know, my heart is still breaking and that ought to be a concern to you, Father. And it leads me to, to, to messy prayers. Um, this problem, I think, has generated this whole cottage industry in Christianity. Uh, I think it's a religious industry. It has to do with the secret ways of God. You really need something from God. So here are the five secrets that you need to know to get God to release your blessing, right? And, and uh, often uh, these uh, secrets... Are published in the form of financial help books. You need more money in your life, so you know here are the uh, the three secret steps to get God to release your blessing. You know you need to make you need to make seed donations in faith. Usually, if you're watching a televangelist, right? You need to plant a seed of faith. Give a gift of any amount, but if you give a gift of $100 or more, you get this plaque that says, "I'm God's farmer" or something like that, right? It's like you have. You have to understand that God has a certain way of releasing blessing. And if you don't know what that way is, then eh, that's tough, tough for you. Let me teach you and support my ministry. Um, You know, this, this whole secret ways. But I understand why those teachings exist. It's because we're all desperate for God to help and we'll do most anything. Even, you know, write a check to a really dubious guy with bad hair on TV. Um, no jokes about my hair. Um, the problem with all of this thinking, whether it be the fatalistic thinking or the "here's how to manipulate God" sort of thinking, is that you know, it's 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 all about half right, which what makes it sort of powerful and, and deceptive. The fact is that God's will is often mysterious. Right, The fact is that God has things going on that you are not necessarily going to track. And if you ask God for an apple, but his will is you know, an orchard of oranges, you might get disappointed, but in the long run, you know, be better off. Like God's ways are, are higher than our ways. The Lord moves in mysterious ways. And we do kind of have to appreciate that. As we go through life, sometimes God will say no, but it's not because He doesn't want to bless you. Sometimes He's just got a bigger, a uh, bigger thing going. You know, He wants to bless you and a lot of other people. And it seems like there are things that we can do uh, to kind of gain favor and responsiveness from God in the short term. You know, when the angel shows up in response to Daniel's prayer, finally, in the book of Daniel. He says, you know, greetings, O highly favored one. You know, it's like, you, you've, you got it right, Daniel. The Lord's favor is upon you. The Lord is inclined to be hyper-responsive to what's going on in your life. And I remember reading that as a kid and, and thinking, wow, I want to be a favored one. What exactly does one have to do to be a favored one? And, you know, from time to time, we see that in Scripture. It's like, you know, God is pleased, you know. Ask him something. You've gotten yourself into a position where the Lord can really flow blessing into your life in, in a particularly easy fashion. You know. But God loves everyone anyway. You know, A lot of stories in the Bible start out with God making a gesture of help even to someone who's an absolute reprobate. So there's more to that story, right? There is such a thing as mercy and grace and forgiveness and, and, and all of that. So these things are about half right, but they're not the whole story. So we're doing this series on how to get God to help. Because we can crash on that reef. We want God to help us with something, and it doesn't work out the way that we want. You know, we can get snagged on that in a way that often will ruin our lives. Because we have a heart, and our heart cares about things. And sometimes if God doesn't help, we will of being uncaring or unloving or unreliable. Um, Presumably God loves you, so this is not a series on how to get God to love you. Right, he loves you as much as he ever will uh, right now. This is different. Uh, It's, you know, what you need to do to request help well, and to receive uh, God's help uh, well. It, it may be that there are things that we can do to live in a way, or to approach God in a way that God honors with favor and responsiveness. And that's the sort of thing that we're going to uh, talk about. I'm gonna focus in this sermon series on Bible passages uh, that include personal requests, I know some of you, uh, you know, get up early in the morning to pray every day for God's deliverance to the nations. You know, you're praying for entire countries and things like that. That's awesome. Uh, But what I'm going to focus on are those times where you individually and specifically need help with a specific thing. Uh, So the moments that are very, very personal, Uh, those prayers uh, that just say, God, help me. Those are the prayers. Um, that I'm going to focus on in this sermon series, uh, because from time to time, I think that's applicable. Um, Are you in? Sound like a good sermon series? Redundant to your life because you get everything you want already? All right. Well, I'm going to forge ahead. And the first question is, how do we even think about these things? You know, how do we even think about requesting help from God and getting it or not getting it? And a good place to start is to go to the Jesus teachings. So we're going to start with a famous one uh, from Luke chapter 18, uh, beginning of that verse. Uh, This is uh, one of Jesus' teachings that come in the form of a parable, and this is the parable of the persistent widow. How many of you know this parable already? Yeah, if you've been hanging around scripture at all, uh, you probably are familiar with it. A great teaching. It goes like this. You can read along in the program. The Scripture is up on the big board. Then Jesus told His disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Let me just say right off the top, this is rare. Uh, The author gives you the interpretation of the parable before you even start reading it which is like, you know, the Cliff Notes version. Here's what this parable means. Now, let me tell you the parable, right? It should be really, really easy to understand at this point. So uh, give somebody next to you a high five and say, yeah, we don't have to think today. I love it when this happens. It doesn't happen very often in Scripture. Sometimes you have to actually think about these parables. And Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Got it. He said... In a certain town, there was a judge, there was this official, who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. Uh, Widows, women without husbands, were at a great disadvantage in this society. It was quite patriarchal. So, you know, it's sort of a pathetic Um, scene. You have an official who doesn't care about God and doesn't care about people. And then you have a woman who's like the low rung of the social ladder, and she's going to this guy for help. Grant me justice against my adversary. Uh, Somebody's really oppressing me. I need you to intervene on my behalf. For some time, he refused. But finally, he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. That's a new NIV translation. Uh, I I don't like this particular translation of the Greek. I used to read, so that she won't come and wear me out, which I think is Probably a little more accurate, because really, is a judge worried about, you know, this woman coming and attacking him? Probably not. I don't know what these guys are thinking, Um, the translators. But anyway, I'm tired of her. This is the classic, the squeaky wheel gets the grease parable, right? It's like, I don't care about her. I certainly don't care about morality or eternal judgment or anything like that, but she's bothering me. What can I do to get her to shut up? I know, I'll just give her what she wants. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? It's that last paragraph uh, that has all of the, the juicy bits. Uh, in it, uh, <clears throat> this story, this parable, is really a meditation on what? Is it a meditation on prayer? Is it a meditation on social interaction? It actually told you what it was about. It's a prayer. It's a it's a meditation on not giving up on praying and not giving up. And just kind of you know remember that phrase because um, it was explained to you as a thesis statement. Uh, at the beginning persistence in this case by the widow works with evil people and so Jesus is saying you know how much more will it work with a good God that's kind of the basic teaching we're following so far that's right by persistence you can even convince a nasty person to help you by persistence you can certainly convince a good God to help you right so far, uh, so good. Um, he's, Jesus is encouraging in us a certain character, you know, persistence. Another great word for persistence would be like faithfulness. The best line of the parable is also the worst line of the parable. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? What does that tell you? It's like, all right, uh, Will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, they'll get justice and quickly. However, when I return, will I find people who have been faithful and persistent? What's he implying? You know. Shout out the answer. Okay, so you don't know. And it's a bit confusing, right? Because if God always gave us justice, always gave us the good thing uh, that, that, you know, we need, immediately, would faith be easy or hard? Easy, right? If God always, immediately, gave us the good thing where, that we want, would Jesus even need to teach a parable about persistence, No, you guys are clearly not awake. Uh, Reach to the person next to you and just pinch them. If you don't know them, you know them now. Just breaking barriers at blue water. So, right away, you know, I read this parable and I get very, very suspicious. I'm like, Jesus, what fast one are you trying to pull on me right here? You're telling me that God answers quickly uh, when I'm in distress, and yet you tell me that I'm going to need to not give up on my prayers. I'm not the brightest penny in the pocket, uh, but there's something going on here, right? There is some sort of tension, and this is what makes the parable great, and it's what makes the parable really, really bug me, right? Because he is implying that while God answers quickly. While God is not unresponsive, while God is not reluctant to help His chosen ones, the fact is, at the very least, it's going to seem like He is. Right? It's going to seem like we need persistence. Uh, Or, um, you know, as I think I've often heard this parable taught, delivery times will vary. Right? You're going to order something good from God, you're gonna, you know, give him your credit card information and stuff like that, and they're gonna—he's gonna send you, you know, confirmation um, and and I don't know, maybe a tracking number or something. But much like the people waiting to receive their reward for being panelists at the retreat, you know, you might have to wait two to four weeks or longer than that. And and while I'm being facetious here. Uh, in describing the delivery process, that's all going to be invisible to us on earth. You know, God is like, hey, hey, I'm willing to help you. How long can you keep believing that before seeing a manifestation of what you wanted, right? So it's as if Jesus is saying, oh, God is going to decide to help you quickly, but the delivery of the goods could take any number of months or years. I'm going to see Right, have you heard that interpretation of the parable before, you veterans? Something, something along those lines? Does that sound about right? All right, we've got it, great. Does that satisfy you? Somewhat? Somewhat? A little bit? Come on, does it satisfy you? Does that inspire you? I don't know, it doesn't satisfy me. Right? Because when I need God's help, when do I need it? Now, when I really am driven to my needs in prayer, is it because I don't care when the help comes? No, when I'm really driven to my knees in desperate prayer, it's because I care very deeply that help comes now. Because life happens on a deadline, often, right? It's like, I need a breakthrough today. You know, look God, this weekend I need something to happen. You know, give me, give me some help here. Give me some justice here. This has gone on far too long already. I'm not really sure I can go another 24 hours. Have you ever been in that situation? And that's when I care most about what God is going to do. So, the parable just doesn't address that, you know? That's, that's not what the parable is about. This parable is not about how to get something from God. This parable is about what? It's about how to not give up. It's a different parable. Right? There are other teachings from Jesus about you know, how to get breakthrough with God's help in your life. This is not one of those teachings. In my opinion, this is a more foundational teaching. It's a this is how to not give up sort of teaching. And how do we not give up? According to this parable, uh, it's to realize that God is not evil. It's to realize that he's good, which is the fight of persistence. Sometimes it will be like that. You'll be praying for something urgent. God has to come through for you right away, and it will seem as if God has said no. The proper thing to do is to stick with God anyway. That's what this parable uh, is saying. The first thing you need to know to be a great requester of help from God is what to do if it seems to not work. And according to Jesus, if it seems to not work, well, it's still working somehow. God is still in play and you just kinda have to muscle through. You have to keep going at it. Not because God needs convincing, but because there's something about persistence that's really important. And in this story, Jesus doesn't even bother to tell you what it is. He just says that persistence, faithfulness, is really pleasing to God. He says that when the Son of Man returns, He's going to show up on earth. Son of Man is Jesus, by the way, if you don't know the phrase. Jesus is going to show up on earth and He's going to start looking around. What is He going to look for? Is He going to look for really blessed people? Or is He going to look for really faithful people? Evidently he's going to look for really faithful people. There's something about that quality of character that is really important to God. It's as if that's kind of the point of life as a point as opposed to, you know, just getting blessing and good things. And that's not so surprising if you put it that way. Faith can happen in a moment, but faithfulness can only be developed over time. Right? Anybody can be a person of faith for a, a day but to be a person of faith in the face of disappointment over months or years or decades, that takes a quality person. And that's why Jesus is is really into that quality. We talked about faithfulness in terms of maturity at the All Church Retreat, right? You can get radical faith all sorts of places, but to get mature faithfulness, okay, that's rare. It's so rare that when Jesus shows up on earth again, that's the thing he's gonna be scanning for first. How many of those rare, mature, faithful people uh, do we have around here? You, 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 all right. You guys are my elders. Uh, you, you're, the, you're the ones that I can really trust. Now let's do this thing. And then the eternal adventure uh, continues. Um, not, a, not an immediately satisfying lesson to me, but I need to start with this lesson or I won't stay in the game very long. If I i am in desperate need of help from God, and I go into the, the request with the attitude of, God help me or else, I'm not gonna last very long in life. I'm not gonna last very long with God. Because sometimes, his will may be something that I don't understand. Or sometimes, there will be something in my life that is blocking the release of blessing. So I can't go into it with this short term, now or else attitude. And that's the foundational lesson of seeking God for help. You have to go into it with a, well, God is good. I'm gonna persist in this uh, no, matter, no matter what. You get the point? Yeah? Here's how it works for me uh, in my life, just to kind of characterize uh, what I think we're talking about here. I've got these requests, these important requests that I've put before God, these things that I'm crying out to God for. And some of these requests have gone on for decades. Do you have any prayers like that? I've had prayers in my life that I have prayed to God regularly, like, you know, almost daily for, um, I can think of one or two that have gone on well over 40 years. Um, And some of those prayers, those important prayers that I have held before God for over 40 years, have ultimately not been satisfied. Like you know, the situation rectified in a way that broke my heart. Um, sometimes they've rectified some of these long-term, decades-long prayers of mine. Sometimes God has answered in a way uh, that has that has blessed my heart. But I've got these huge, important, unresolved prayers before God. Okay, constantly in my life. There's never been a time in my life where that wasn't wasn't true. On those things, the breakthrough is still pending. <laughs> You know you know what I mean by that? While that's going on, I have all of these other requests of God as well. Right, so I have these big, unresolved, breakthrough-pending prayers, and then these other situations pop up in my life that I have to pray about. Now, on some of those other things, I will often get immediate breakthrough. Sometimes I get miraculous breakthroughs. You know, sometimes I've shared those miracle stories, like, wow, we're desperate for healing here. You know, let's pray, let's minister. Wow, that was a legitimate miracle right there. Clearly God intervened and helped us in a breakthrough manner that saved the day, right? We have some of those stories, we share them around Blue Water. Here's the thing, I'm seeing God help me in a breakthrough, often miraculous, supernatural, amazing way in all of these instances, while this one is still unresolved. In other words, my life is a bag of mixed results. And if I got so hung up on this one that I couldn't do these, I would miss all of these little blessings, sometimes big blessings. You see my point? I have to be able to, what's the correct verb? Balanced, contain, juggle, all of these different emotional situations. You know, because sometimes it seems, God, where are you? And other times it's like, God is real. Wow, that was a kingdom moment right there. And my life is just a tapestry of these mixed results. And it doesn't have to do with God's unwillingness to be helpful, obviously. Right? If you see a breakthrough here, obviously God is willing to help you. If some of those breakthroughs are just amazingly unlikely or miraculous, then obviously God is willing to help you. So, why isn't He helping you with this thing? Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I have to be able to persist, even though. You get the point? And that's like the price of entry to the game. You know? This is the wrong analogy. I just couldn't immediately think of a better one. Think of a diverse stock portfolio, right? It's like, you get wins, you get losses. You make long-term investments, you make short-term risks. And if you're diversified, you know, and you stay in it, then you, you win, right? Diversification is the number one rule of successful stock investing, am I right? Yeah, brokers, financial analysts out there, yes? It's the wrong analogy because, you know, it's the stock market in God. That's a bad analogy. But the point is that you have different results happening all the time. Because you're human and God is God. And sometimes, you know, he rewards radical faith and sometimes he's more interested in developing long-term faithfulness. That's just how it works. And so Jesus says, look, one thing I need to teach you about prayer is how to do it and not give up. Because that's gonna be necessary. And if you don't learn that lesson, then none of the other lessons will keep you going for very long and you will end up crashing on the reef. You get the point? So that's why this lesson is really foundational. To get God's help, keep asking him for help in things even when you feel you have good reasons to stop. In my opinion, that's like the number one lesson that we have to learn about how to get help from God. To get God's help, to be really good at getting God's help in your life, keep asking him for help in things even when you feel you have good reasons to stop. Number one, number one, life lesson, life lesson. Straight from Jesus, straight from Jesus. Uh, if I uh, ultimately have good lessons to teach you about how to help, get help from God, I can't teach you those lessons if you're like, Yeah, well, what about that super important thing God didn't help me with, huh? If that's your attitude, then nothing else I teach in the rest of this sermon series will help you a bit. You get the point? So that's why I started the sermon series with this lesson. If you've been scandalized by disappointment, by a failure uh, of breakthrough in one area of your life, then I can't really teach you You know, the other things that the Lord teaches us about dealing with him, requests for help. You'll take yourself right out of the game. And I worry about that because if you've been walking with God for any length of time, you have been disappointed by God. Not because he's a bad dude, but because, I don't know, his ways are different, right? His will is mysterious sometimes. Or maybe you screwed up, or maybe you're not seeing things clearly, I don't know. I don't know, but but that's gonna be something that you have to be able to deal with. And I think that's what, what Jesus is saying here. You know. When there's not immediate breakthrough, does your heart darken? Right? If there's something desperate happening in your life and you go to prayer, how long do you how, how long do you last? How does that feel to you? Does it feel like oh no? Or can you enter that moment expectantly? Where are you in that? That's just a great self-inventorying question. You know, frankly, it's sometimes hard for me uh, to enter into prayer expectantly because, like I say, I've been at this a long time and my list of disappointments, statistically speaking, is probably longer than yours. You know, I've got plenty that I can point to. Also, my list of miraculous breakthrough stories is probably longer than yours. Right, I've got more of both, statistically speaking, probably, because I've been at this a while. That's how it works, people. That's how it works. Now, in the end, it's going to be good. In the end, nobody's going to feel ripped off. In the end, nobody's going to feel injustice from God. But you might feel that for a while if you're not careful. You following? So, I mean, let's just end with that question. Is your heart enlightened by persistence and faithfulness? Or is your heart darkened by disappointment and perceived injustice? Very human question. Very human question. How are you metabolizing that stuff? very human question, one that Jesus himself addresses head-on. Now, think about it a second. What would it take for you to come to prayer expectantly? What do you need to be released from uh, in your heart? What are you willing to suspend in your judgment? And I don't have a neat answer for that. Um, but I do know uh, that often before I pray, that's what I bring to God in prayer. <laughs> God, I have an important request. <sighs> All right, help me to do this expectantly and freely. Because frankly, I'm a bit bruised up. <laughs> so let's go with the, the good faithful me <laughs> instead of uh, the skeptical mad me that's the battle the first battle for anything is usually a battle for attitude So, father God uh, we invite you to come and to inhabit a ministry moment this morning I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to the room and 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 settle into our minds and hearts we want to be highly favored ones we want to be the sort of people who can pray effectively Part of that means that we're going to have to be the sort of people who can persist effectively. Part of it anyway. It's not everything, Lord, but it is a foundational thing. So I pray for release this morning. In the name of Jesus, brothers and sisters, I just bless you in your heart of hearts with encouragement. Oh, God is good. God is loving. Life is hard, but you can go on. And see breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. You will get story upon story upon story of God's presence and provision. Nothing will be perfect, but everything ultimately will be complete. Deal with us on that, Lord. In Christ's name, amen.